0: To the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall,
1: how are you? Very interesting night last night, Adam. It was really a fascinating night on many fronts. Looking forward to uh to talking about it with you as uh as per usual. Interesting day as well, leading up to it. Yeah, I mean, very rarely do we ever have something that stops us dead in our tracks and makes us come on and do a 15-minute podcast talking about the news of the day that was bigger than the original news of the day, which was it was the day of the NFL draft. It was the day of the first round of the NFL draft, and there was something pertinent to the world of football that completely took that and said, oh, that's secondary. Yeah, basically, it was just like, hold my beer. It was hold my beer, hold my Scotch whiskey, hold my gin and tonic, hold, just hold all the drinks. Yep, exactly. hold the wine spritzes, hold, hold, hold them all. But yeah, I mean,
0: in case you didn't listen to our emergency session of Congress, as you meant, as you called it,
1: <laughs> where we where we professed our hopes and dreams. Our hopes and dreams
0: for the for the second round and the all the way through the seventh round of the NFL draft. That's correct. Oh, hopes and dreams.
1: Hopes and dreams. You know, it's very funny. After we recorded that, I thought about that hopes and dreams line the entire night. <laughs> the entire night. I could not get it out of my head. It was, it was so perfect. It's funny because that's just
0: the first thing I was thinking of. That's the first term I thought of when, you know, sometimes it's, it's could be bold predictions, uh, thoughts about the, about the later rounds of the draft, but no hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams, Adam hopes and dreams. But yeah, let's get into news and talk more, more at length since we have the time to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And, oh my God, it's crazy with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, I've gotten more information about it as well. Um, basically, what it comes down to is Aaron believes that he wants he wants more of a creative input onto things. He also wants more of a say in personnel. And he basically, what what basically is happening here is the same thing that happened with Mike McCarthy when he was in Green Bay. Sort of the same sort of situation is happening. But the problem is, is that you have a head coach and you have a front office that basically are going to say, eh, you know, we don't know if we want to do that, but here's a substantial pay raise on an MVP season there. And so you can uh, you can at least get paid while we uh, make terrible decisions for you. And Aaron Rodgers simply doesn't want that. He wants to choose how he goes out and ends his career in his own terms, very similar to what Tom Brady and Peyton Manning did as well Peyton Manning when he decided well I don't want to say decided to leave Indianapolis he didn't more really like Jim Ursay decided to correct. let him leave correct but he was able at the very least he was able to make his own decision and chart his own path for how he wanted his career to end same with Tom Brady when he left New England and went to Tampa Bay much the same situation there this is exactly the same thing where Aaron Rodgers wants to be able to choose how his career is going to end. He wants to end it on his own terms. But now we look at the fallout from last night, and we say to ourselves now, well, the most logical landing spot would have been San Francisco. They took Trey Lance at number three. They're probably out of this now. So what's left? The Rams that that noise just keeps getting filtered around. I struggle, I really struggle to believe that they would trade for Stafford only to trade him again to get Aaron Rodgers. I really, really struggle with that, especially from like a PR sense. I think that would be just a PR nightmare. So I think the Rams were basically out of that. There have been some speculation regarding the Denver Broncos. You know, that's they just that's that's another they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater also. Right, but maybe they don't see Teddy Bridgewater as the long-term option. Maybe they to say to themselves, you know, we did this with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning came in and helped us win a Super Bowl. Maybe that's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe t- Denver believes that they are just a quarterback away from being a genuine threat in the AFC that can contend with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Maybe they see themselves as a quarter- being a quarterback away, From being in that discussion of teams. So, if they were to go out and get Aaron Rodgers and say you have Aaron Rodgers for two or three good years, you know, you have the recipe there for Denver. You have a solid, if not unspectacular, offensive line, but Aaron Rodgers has really worked with that in Green Bay for the better part of his entire career. So, it wouldn't be much different. But I think you have a better collection of weapons in. Denver than you would do in Green Bay. And obviously, Devontae Adams being in Green Bay would be the best of the lot. But outside of Devontae Adams, what do you have in Green Bay? You don't really have that much. Whereas in Denver, he walks in, he's got Cortland Sutton, he's got Jerry Judy, he's got Tim Patrick, he's got Noah Fant. Those are four options right there. And Melvin Gordon, even. And and I didn't even get to the running back part of it. Yeah, with, with Melvin Gordon as well. So Denver, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, There were some speculating reports that said Denver was in on him. Then there were some counter reports that said that they weren't. And then I keep going back to this one as well, just because of the marquee name that it would bring and just try and bring some, I guess, credibility to the franchise. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders after they – I mean, we'll talk about the Raiders more and and the pick that they made because, my Christ, um, they – Aaron Rodgers going to Las Vegas would bring them something. I just don't know what. Because I don't, I, I really, I struggle with what the Raiders are, are, are doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Raiders have gone off board like the past three drafts.
1: So they have. And all, all big schools as well. Yep.
0: Well, you know, it's like the Boston Bruins with their three straight first round picks
1: and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Friday, New York Rangers off of us and becoming uh, Tampa uh, Rangers South. And cheating but with the cap. That's true. That's very true.
0: Yep. If you know,
1: you know. The Lightning are cheating. Marion Gabrick got a ring. I
0: know. It's ridiculous.
1: I'll well, sorry.
0: Well, he has two rings. True. But we don't talk about that other one.
1: Nope. Nope. We don't talk about that other one.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the the amount of options for Aaron Rodgers is dwindling because a lot of these teams that could have been in on Aaron Rodgers either solved their quarterback problem in the draft or they traded for somebody especially in the AFC because I think that that's where the, the Packers want to trade Aaron Rodgers to for obvious reasons yep
1: I completely agree I don't think they're trading him to the NFC because if they were trading him to an NFC team, the team that jumps off in the NFC right away is the Washington football team. Yeah, exactly. That's like that, that spot. It's like, you know, X's and O's sort of deal. I mean, that's like a perfect spot for him because you have a team that's ready to contend this year and you get, I mean, no disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke, but you bring in Aaron Rodgers and Washington with that defense, with the offensive playmakers that they have, you're talking very easily a 12, 13 win team.
0: That would be really good. They would be really, really good. They would be. That would make the Cowboys football team rivalry amazing again.
1: Hey, it would be. It would be. It. I would just quiver in my boots knowing that I'd be seeing Aaron Rodgers twice a year. But then at the same time, you know, if he goes to Denver, you would get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Yes. Which is, I mean, that's like a football fan's dream right there.
0: And also the same thing if he goes to Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, same thing goes to Vegas as well.
0: But really, those are the only two teams I can think of in the AFC unless um, Pittsburgh wants to be in on Aaron Rodgers for some reason.
1: Mm, I mean, I don't want to speculate anything, but I mean, what if Cleveland doesn't really feel like it's going to take the next step with Baker?
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. No, come on. I I don't think I don't
1: think they I don't think they would I mean I'm just trying to make a case
0: sorry for shouting at you but oh you always you
1: always shout at me it's okay that
0: was that was a natural reaction just like oh geez that would be
1: that would be crazy yeah I mean I'm just trying to like put make a match here Houston no Houston no it's funny I was
0: thinking Houston but I'm like but would they trade what would they do with what assets yeah with what assets a and with and like deshaun watson
1: like we'd sean yeah. watson for aaron Rodgers would be absolutely insane
0: the craziest one for one in nfl history
1: i would actually say if everything with with watson obviously pans out which i mean I, we haven't heard much about that at all it's been yeah. all quiet on that deshaun watson front
0: well you know how litigation is it takes a while. it takes a while
1: absolutely absolutely but you know if that were to you know, play out and Deshaun Watson is cleared and you have Deshaun Watson with the Packers. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's like, that's like a little dream trade right there. It wouldn't happen. Not, not, not a chance in hell would it happen, but people are allowed to, uh, to fantasize a little bit about that one. But I think, I think that the the three most logical landing spots that we named are the Broncos, the Raiders and the Washington football team. Those are the ones that jump off the page immediately and make the most sense for Aaron Rodgers.
0: Here's a destination that is going to make you also shout at me. Because you're gonna hate it. But it actually make it I don't know how much sense it makes. It could. New Orleans. Huh?
1: Huh? I know that.
0: I know that they don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers to a team in the NFC, but you know, Adam, New Orleans, Aaron Rodgers with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas.
1: How about Aaron Rodgers with Sean Payton?
0: Aaron Rodgers with Sean Payton. Oh my God. I love it. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady twice a year.
1: You know, Adam, fair play. That's a really good shout. I thought you were going to be mad at me. No, that's a really good shout. But New Orleans, I don't know. How, I don't know if they would even do it. I mean, if you were to say to Sean Payton, "Hey, you want Aaron Rodgers to cost you a second round pick and say Jameis Winston," I mean, it's hard to say no to that.
0: Yeah, but would Brian Gutenkunz actually trade for Jameis no. Winston
1: in no. a second round pick? A- no, absolutely not. All right. Brian Guttenkens is probably not trading Aaron Rodgers for three first-round picks.
0: Well, I mean, he said that they're I mean, not trading Aaron Rodgers, period.
1: He already turned down number three overall for Aaron Rodgers. That, that's confirmed. That is confirmed 100% fact that he turned down number three and more for Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, let's see what happens in a month when he has to face the reality
0: of Aaron Rodgers not being his starting quarterback. And also, he can save a fuck ton of cap space. Trading Aaron Rodgers after June 1st.
1: Hey, Adam, Aaron Rodgers is going to be at Churchill Downs this weekend at the Kentucky Derby, and he'll be walking the red carpet with microphones in front of him. That is going to be a spectacle to behold. Yep.
0: I think I know what I'm going to be doing at work on Sunday. (laughs)
1: Aaron Rodgers, what did he say? What did Aaron Rodgers say? What did say? Someone clipped that. Someone someone clipped that. Someone clipped that shit. Yeah, exactly.
0: What did Aaron Rodgers say? It's, he has like an actual press conference at Churchill
1: Downs. That would be awesome. That would garner more attention than the ponies. Probably. At least uh, for me. It anyway, absolutely really, it would. Absolutely it would. Because I don't really care about horse racing. but You would have Eddie Olchek who is uh, – Apparently, horse racing guru absolutely beside himself when Aaron Rodgers is getting more press coverage than the Kentucky Derby. Really? Uh, Rangers legend Eddie Olchek? Yeah, he does Kentucky Derby coverage for NBC.
0: 1994 like, Stanley Cup champion? He's an, actual,
1: he's an actual horse analyst for NBC. Horse analyst. Horse analyst. Horse that's racing the, analyst. That
0: is the funniest title. I just wanted it to be horse analyst because that's like the funniest job title in the world. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do horse for horse analyst? Living? Eddie Olchak I'm a horse analyst. So you're a vet? No, 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 no. I'm a horse analyst. No, no, no.
1: I, I analyze horses and horses only. Only horses. Only horse. horses. Let's horse, not get I'm that confused.
0: Analyze strictly horses. I'm a horse specialist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So, let's get back on track a bit. And, I mean, th- those, are the de- those are like the destinations for Aaron Rodgers. I would be pretty shocked. Maybe this is like my selective superpowers and Aaron Rodgers does end up going to New Orleans for some reason. And that would just be the greatest thing in the world. I would love that. Aaron Rodgers goes to New Orleans. Where are you ranking Michael Thomas? Uh, Michael Thomas, I'm ranking like top three. Probably. Okay. Like Devontae Adams. Over Devontae Adams. Probably. Mm, well, Devontae Adams is probably gonna either have Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or Jordan Love as a as his quarterback.
1: I would say Michael Thomas over Devontae Adams easily. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers in New Orleans. Like that that's not close. I, I then, think uh, you you could probably make a case for Aaron Rodgers. And Michael Thomas, Aaron Rodgers with Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas being the number one receiver in fantasy. You you can make that case and I would hear it. Here's here's something. Are you
0: drafting, if Aaron Rodgers is in New Orleans, are you drafting Alvin Camaro over
1: McCaffrey? Oh. I mean, before you could make the case. So if you take Rodgers and you put him in New Orleans hmm no no but very close definitely kamara would be number two definitely because my number okay. my number two right now is derrick henry my number three right now is is dalvin cook my number four and, is kamara yeah. so you take you take aaron Rodgers, you put him in new orleans kamara would be my number two easily
0: yep and this is all in ppr just just making sure that we understand
1: yes in ppr correct
0: but And then the real question would be, where would you rank Aaron Rodgers himself if he goes to New Orleans?
1: Oh, he would be top five at the position probably. Mm, No, I take that back. Top seven. Top seven. Okay. Top seven. I would rank him over Herbert. I would rank him over Tannehill. I would probably have him over Russ. I wouldn't have him over Dak. Not over Allen. Not over Jackson. Not over Murray. Not over what about holes. Zach Wilson? It's a very tough one, Adam. It's a very tough yeah. one. Yes. Zach yes. Wilson's
0: my number one quarterback.
1: You're, you're going to take Zach Wilson number one overall? I will. I would love to see it.
0: My first pick, Zach you Wilson. You won't. You won't. Try You me. won't. I don't give a shit.
1: I will rig the draft order to make sure you're a number one pick <laughs> so you can take Zach Wilson.
0: Oh, my God. You won't. I, I might you I won't. We will see. You gotta leave you gotta leave it up to speculation. Speaking of which, let's go to the draft. The first round of the draft. I mean the first two picks were pretty as we knew, set in stone. Everybody's drafts were looking good so far, prediction wise. Kinda like how when you do your March Madness brackets. And, you know, the first round, you know, the 16 seeds beat the one seeds, usually. Except for that one time. Um, except
1: for the one time, yes. Thank you, Tony Bennett, you prick. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, But then, number three. Oh, my God. Trey Lance. At number
1: three. You know what's funny, Adam, is, is immediately after I had the the sort of gut feeling that we were going to see Trey Lance go because about an hour before the line had shifted for number three from Mac Jones to Trey Lance. And when Trey Lance was announced to pick, I texted basement talk podcast co-host Jake Simone and my text directly. It was, and I quote, what did the 49ers just do? And Jake's response was, Classic. Classic. And I quote, ruin their franchise. Close quote.
0: Actually, it's funny because you you texted the same thing to me. And I just said, oh my fuck, why Trey Lance though?
1: <laughs> Look, I mean I like Trey Lance more than most people. I think he's really, really good. I think he's really, really talented. I think Kyle Shanahan with him is going to I think I think Kyle Shanahan recognizes that Trey Lance is more of a dual threat option versus Mac Jones, who is very much more one-dimensional. But Trey Lance is definitely more of a project who's going to need time to season and marinate more so than Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I think, can step on the field right away and play versus Trey Lance, where I think we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo at least starting out. But then we'll get the transition of going to to Trey Lance, which I mean, I think the spot for him for for Trey Lance, if we're looking at Trey Lance from a fantasy perspective, if we're looking at it from a dynasty point of view, I mean, this is a fantastic spot, fantastic spot. if you can guarantee to me that Kyle Shanahan is there for the long term and Kyle Shanahan will be working with Trey Lance, I mean, oh, my God, this is an unbelievable spot. Trey Lance in this offense with Brandon Ayuk with George Kittle, with Debo Samuel, I guess, you know, it's, it's a really, really good spot for him to produce. And in, uh, in dynasty, I, I really, really like him. But like I said, he's a project could start early on, but I think we're going to see a lot of, of Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that arm is really where he makes his money. He's got a huge, huge arm, but just needs to work on overall consistency but, yeah, I think uh, I think Trey Lance, I, I understand why they did it. But at the same time, you know, there are people who are a lot more down on Trey Lance than I am. And I think Trey Lance will be fine in uh, in San Francisco. As it, was for the all first, smoke
0: screen. it was all a smokescreen. It was all a smokescreen.
1: Smokescreen, exactly. As for the top two, I'll hit on these very, very, very quickly. I'll start with Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville will win a Super Bowl with Trevor, with Trevor Lawrence. I, I truly believe that. This kid is a once in a generation quarterback prospect. For fantasy, let's just talk about that for a second. Coming in, I have Trevor Lawrence as my number 22 quarterback with a ton of upside, a ton of upside. And the comparison that everyone wants to make is to Andrew Luck. For fantasy, I want to look at that, and I want to analyze that for a second. Andrew Luck came in and completely transformed the fortunes of the Indianapolis Colts. Trevor Lawrence can do the same exact thing for fantasy, where he comes in, has a ton to throw to. They drafted his uh, college buddy, Travis Etienne. You have DJ Chark. You have LaVisca Chenault there. They still need a tight end. Maybe it's Tim Tebow that catches passes from Trevor Lawrence. Who the fuck knows? I'm
0: going to throw up.
1: God. Yeah. You and I both, but and I still like have tra- James Robinson. Don't forget that. And you, yeah. And you still have James Robinson who, I mean, we will, we'll talk about that running back situation in a second, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make everyone in that offense better. I think number one thing with him is you need to give him protection first and foremost. But if you, if you can guarantee me that Trevor Lawrence could have every opportunity in the world to show what he's got. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will win a Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback for me in year one, he's a top 22 quarterback option, much more appealing in keeper dynasty leagues, dynasty leagues. I I struggle with this because I would say that Trevor Lawrence is hes definitely a top five dynasty pick. You can make a case that he's probably number one off the board in dynasty just because of he is Trevor Lawrence. And we haven't seen a guy like this since Andrew Luck, this kind of quarterback prospect but people will make the case for taking a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne or Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase over a Trevor Lawrence, just because they're more of the core positions, running back receiver, and even Kyle Pitts as well. But for me, Trevor Lawrence to be a a lock top five dynasty pick. And if you want to say that you take him third off the board in dynasty, I'm, I'm fine with that. and like I said, if you were to say to me, number one, I'm, Totally good with that, because I think he is that—he's that generational. I—I really, really think so. And I wrote down on my note sheet here: if James Robinson is the starter, he's a top fifteen running back. Boy, did that go out the window fucking quickly! Yeah,
0: I mean that's why you qualify it, but I mean that's a bold, bold, bold prediction saying that Trevor Lawrence will win a Super Bowl with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: You heard it here first. Yes, I did. You heard it here first. He's winning the Super Bowl with the Jaguars. I mean, it all – wow. Heard it here first. Now, before I get to – before we talk about the Jets, we talk about Zach Wilson, I just want to get – I just want to talk about the running back position for a second. You could draft one. Who are you drafting? James Robinson or Travis Etienne. Why? Um, I'm drafting – oh, fuck. This is hard. It's very hard.
0: Very hard. Cause basically I have to read Urban Meyer's mind.
1: Good luck with that.
0: I know. I don't even think Urban Meyer can read Urban Meyer's mind. Nope.
1: I knew I'm who I'd dra- rather have.
0: I'm drafting Travis Etienne. Yep. Because you get because you, the Jaguars clearly clearly see him as having a big role in the offense just because they draft him in the first round when they have more pressing needs on the offensive line.
1: That's exactly it. I mean, they Urban Meyer probably doesn't even know what James Robinson's name is, quite frankly. And he just decided to completely replace him with a first-round talent in Travis Etienne. And poof. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Anybody who really thought that James Robinson was going to be, you know, over a thousand scrimmage yards last year was brilliant for, for Jacksonville and for fantasy. Now that goes to nothing, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I want to draft either of them personally. If I, if I had to take one, like, like you said, Adam, I would be taking ETN, but that's, that's just like a slippery, slippery slope to, uh, to go down. As for the New York jets and Zach Wilson, I think he's great for the pass catchers first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I, I know Adam. He's the he's the apple of your eye. I mean, the man the man fox as well. I mean, took two girls to prom. the The, the man fox. I mean, that's uh, that's just a great guy. I, absolute king. Insert Mormon joke here. But he fox. He, he he absolutely fucks. He it looks like king. He's from
0: Long Island. He looks like he's from Long Island, but he's from Utah.
1: I don't know if you saw him in the uh, that bathroom selfie thing. It looked I, like he was getting ready for his formal at Chaminade.
0: I know he looks like he looks like like. Everybody, every guy I went to high school with,
1: uh, pretty much, pretty much every
0: long, every Long Islander ever. Every does he play lacrosse too?
1: I I was about to say he probably (laughs) plays lacrosse too,
0: but first and foremost, cross country. I mean, geez, how many stereotypes? uh, Too many,
1: too many. The man fucks though, most importantly, but he is outstanding for the pass catchers. I think Denzel Mims has just. Huge potential as a late round sleeper. I like Corey Davis as a mid round pick. I know I was hot on him, but I've, I've kind of, I don't want to say I've cooled on Corey Davis, but I think I've just kind of let common sense just sort of kick in and realize that he's going to be working with a rookie quarterback where in year one, it may not necessarily translate right away to on field success. So I have Corey Davis still as a top 36 receiver, but he's more like in the mid thirties. For me, so he's like a mid-round pick with significant upside. Don't get me wrong; Corey Davis still has a ton of upside. I'm curious with the Jets, however, what they do at the running back position because I think the Jets kind of thought, or at least were hoping, that Travis Etienne was going to be there for them at 34. That's not that's not happening now. Do the Jets go out and potentially draft a? Javante Williams, or a Michael Carter, both of them being from UNC. That is kind of what I would envision the Jets would potentially try and do because they need a running back totally. So you can get Zach Wilson, a running back, to come in. You you, you still have uh, the group of guys that that, that the Jets have at the running back position. Tevin Coleman recently brought in. So you have that there. But I still think the Jets are going to want to go out and draft a run, a draft a running back just to bring in some, just to bring in another option into that backfield to work with Zach Wilson and the biggest what about thing Trey for Sermon? me. Yeah, you could, you could. You, Trey Sermon's not a bad. one. my thing with him, my thing with Trey Sermon was that earlier in the year his tape was just so inconsistent and there was more of like lightning in the bottle sort of deal. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, what kind of player he is. Is he the guy from the first? three quarters of the year, or is he the guy from the last quarter of the year and into the college football playoff? You know, that remains to, to be seen, but the jets drafting Elijah Vera Tucker was excellent work by Joe Douglas, by Rob Sala. That is exactly the kind of pick the jets needed to make. And there were some people that were a bit confused as to why the jets were trading up and getting rid of two third round picks to draft a guard because The Jets are not going to make the same mistake that they made with Sam Darnold and not give Sam Darnold the protection. You have to do that now with Zach Wilson. They're learning from that. You have to give Zach all the time in the world to make the throws. If he's under duress, he's not going to make the throws. He's going to get hit, and he's going to get rocked. So you need to be able to get that protection for Zach Wilson. I love, love. What the Jets did in drafting Elijah Vera Tucker, my number one guard in this class. I thought it was a little higher than I thought, but maybe the Jets knew that there was no chance that Elijah Vera Tucker was going to get to them. So they needed to trade up to get him. And I have no problem with the Jets doing that, given the arsenal of draft picks that they had.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I doubt that he would. That- Vera tucker was even going to make it past the Giants or the Colts at twenty and twenty-one.
1: I doubt he would have made it past the Giants. I I, I doubt it.
0: Yeah. So I think that it, it was a calculated move. Yeah, for for Joe Douglas, and I mean, the guy is an offensive lineman. He was a former offensive lineman. He knows. That's why I trust his decision his decision making for offensive linemen because he played the position.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: So, um, speaking of, it's a good segue, actually, that you mentioned that the Jets are learning from their mistakes in trying to draft draft players to protect Zach Wilson. Because you know which team didn't do that? The Cincinnati Bengals.
1: That's my head banging against the microphone. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? My God. And now Jake look at, and Jake's right. Jake was absolutely right. Who would have thought? We both said this. We both said this on, on the uh on the Basement Talk podcast. We both had said, would it shock anybody if the Bengals were to go and bangle this? You mean bungle this? Bungle it, yeah, apparently. But but if you think about it if you think about it, look at the trend. Jamar Chase gets drafted by the Bengals, playing with his college boy, Joe Burrow. Jalen Waddell gets drafted by the Miami Dolphins, going to play with his boy, Tua. Devonta Smith gets drafted by the Eagles, going to play with his boy, Jalen Hurts. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, both drafted by the Jaguars. Wait, does that mean that the,
0: that the Giants are going to draft Kyle Trask to be their backup? The, the The Giants
1: might be drafting Kyle Trask. They might. Is that what this means? It just might happen.
0: Who's the, Who plays quarterback for Minnesota, and why is he going to Baltimore? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, oh, my God. I mean, look, it'll look better if Cincinnati takes a tackle in the second or the third round. It would, It would look a lot better if they do that, and there are still – some good options out there at the tackle and more so the offensive line positions as a whole. Oh well, uh, yeah. Landon Dickerson and, and Eichenberg. Yep. Landon Dickerson, Eichenberg, Tevin Jenkins as well. Um, Wyatt da- Wyatt Davis out of Ohio state, who he was fantastic in 2019 battled injuries in, in, in 2020. And I know that there's someone that a lot of people are very conflicted on. But I know a few teams that were very high on him and had him as a round one grade. I know teams that had him as low as like around four, round five grade. Next that's Jalen Mayfield out of, uh, out of Michigan, can play tackle, can play guard. And Jackson Carman as well out of Clemson, same sort of versatility, can play tackle and guard. So there are plenty of offensive line options out there. And I firmly expect that the Bengals are going to go in that direction and draft an offensive lineman. I mean, they have to, but yeah, it was a bad, bad, bad day for anybody that really wanted the Bengals to go and draft a lineman for, uh, for Joe Burrow. But on that, let's talk about the fantasy implications of the receivers. We'll, we'll cover all three. We'll talk about um, chase. We'll talk about Smith. We'll talk about Waddle start with chase. I mean, this is great for Joe Burrow. Great. Yeah, for him. I mean, immediate chemistry. Not even immediate chemistry. He just gets another option to throw to. I mean, look at the options now that he's got at his, at his disposal. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got T. Higgins. He's got Tyler Boyd. He's got Joe Mixon. He's got guys to get the ball to. So this is great for Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow, for me, very easily could move into the top 10 of quarterbacks if you could tell me that he's healthy. But the questions about his health just do hold him back a little bit. But definitely this hurts T. Higgins, which is (laughs) – Thank God T. Higgins will be in our range now, Adam. We won't won't have to talk about T. Higgins being drafted in the fifth round ever again.
0: Yes, but then will Jamar Chase move up to
1: that range? No. No, I don't think so. I think all of these receivers are going to take a hit because of this three-headed monster. We saw it last year with the Cowboys. We saw how Amari Cooper took a hit. We saw how Michael Gallup took a huge hit. We saw how CeeDee Lamb was not as highly valued, potentially, as some would have thought. But it took them a year, you know, to really see, okay, three-headed monster, not a big deal. Maybe some people still feel the same way. Maybe people will say, Oh, but look at Dallas, they were still able to have a very, very sustainable offense with three receivers, and those three receivers, at least two of them, were fantasy relevant in Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Maybe this is the same situation here. Maybe, maybe you see Jamar Chase coming in being that new AJ Green for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. You have T Higgins, who still can be very productive, and you still have Tyler Boyd. Now do I think Tyler Boyd is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver? No. No. No, I don't. I, I don't know if we have a clear-cut guy that could be a 1,000-yard receiver on this team. I mean, they, they all could. They all could be a 1,000-yard receivers in their own right. But someone is going to have to take a hit. And my guess is that, you know, if you if you could say to me that Jamar Chase is going to be a 50-55 catch guy year one, I would say, all right, but then you have other things that have to go into place. But with AJ Green not being there and the hundred or some odd targets that, that were there, maybe those targets go to Jamar Chase. Maybe maybe he only gets maybe he gets 20 less. Say he gets 90, 95 targets, and you put 10 more targets to Boyd and Higgins, then there's not much. There's not much of a difference.
0: Well, my thing with Cincinnati, I think we saw last year that really the Cowboys – moved from a three-headed monster receiver to more two-headed, where it just seemed like it was Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup was kind of just like waiting in the wings, where it was Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb that had the big games.
1: Well, I, mean, I think... it happened with Cincinnati? The data is skewed, though, with Dallas, because that was a small sample size with Dak. And the offense basically, you're getting the numbers from what Andy Dalton was doing. So if we get, if we had a full year of DAC, I think the data would be definitely more clear cut. So what I would say is Cincinnati's probably not going to be a very I don't want to say competitive gets harsh, but they're not going to be, I don't think anybody's really expecting Cincinnati to push for like a prime playoff spot, if that makes sense. So you'll see Cincinnati really, you know, clawing and scratching out games. So it'll be good for Joe Burrow, at least garbage time sense. So this sh- this should be a very productive offense for fantasy. But there's always the downside of, oh, shit, you could be going and investing in the wrong guy. Maybe Boyd takes a free fall and you're saying to yourself, oh, fuck. Well, I thought Boyd would be the guy. Maybe it's Higgins and not go. All right, I took Higgins for nothing, or maybe it is Chase. Maybe Chase, you know, doesn't have the best year one, or you know, he adjusts the league, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of risk involved. I'm gonna be very curious to see where the ADP uh, settles at for for those three receivers, and uh, you know, when when the data does settle, we'll be able to uh, to make some level of uh, of assessment on uh, on on them. Take everything I just said and apply it to the Miami Dolphins as well. I was not a big fan of Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, or um, Jalen Waddle as a unit to begin with, because of Tua. And I'm still not. So I I wasn't drafting Parker. I wasn't drafting Fuller. I wasn't drafting Waddle. And that hasn't changed much. I, I like the Bengals guys more than I like the Dolphins guys easily. Well yeah, I mean I think the quarterback's
0: better. That's that's a that's a start.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think the the biggest winner is Devonta Smith. He he has standalone value year one. And I don't know where I'm going to rank him as of yet, but I could probably make a compelling case that Devonta Smith should be a top, floor should be top 36. If someone were to say to me, yeah, he's a top 30 receiver. I wouldn't be surprised. I would say, yeah, I could I could get on board with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about the Eagles is that I know you're going to hate me for saying this, and actually this time, not like Aaron Rodgers to the Saints, but the fact that the Eagles only gave up really like a third-round pick in the grand scheme of things to get uh, a bona fide number one receiver, it's gravy for them. I mean, that's amazing.
1: That's Dallas saying, uh, hey, we're sorry for uh... – for taking Sadie last year. Here's uh here's number 10. Go go get your guy. Go get your guy now.
0: Well, the Eagles did it to themselves. They took Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson.
1: Well, what I found what I found interesting was that Dallas, they were gonna take Sertan or Horn. According to my sources, they were locked in on JC Horn, not Sertan to be the guy when they didn't have Horn or Sertan as the number one defensive prospect on their board, it was Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons was their guy as the number one defensive prospect, which I found very interesting that they said, you know what, we'll trade back a couple spots, get a third-round pick for our troubles, and still get our guy. So, you know, fair play to to Dallas for that. But if they were offered the same package that Chicago gave the Giants – yeah. I don't know why they didn't take that. Yeah. Right back, take Caleb Farley. Done. Well, my question is I think the question that a lot
0: of people had is what does this mean for Leighton Vanderash?
1: Uh, I've been told that there are real doubts as to what his long term future looks like, given the neck injuries that he's had, which is sad because he came out and he looked like an absolute dog. And now you're. Looking at potentially a future without late Van Aresh in, in in Dallas because of those those recurring injuries, but and plus Mike, retiring
0: Sean Lee, the Sh- Sean Lee retiring too.
1: Yeah, but what what Micah Parsons brings brings to this defense, he brings speed, he brings smarts. There are there are so many concerns. I, what I saw from a lot of people was they were going after Dallas for taking a guy with off field concerns. Look at what this football team has done. This is what this football team lives off of. They live off of taking guys with off-field concerns. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Micah yeah. Parsons, I at least in my own opinion, Micah Parsons is worth the risk because you needed to get Dan Quinn pieces to play with on this defense. And there's probably no bigger chess piece in this entire draft than Micah Parsons. He can do it all. You want to put him on a slot receiver? He can do it. You want to put him on a running back? He can do it. You want to put him on a tight end? He can do it. This he's a jack of all trades linebacker. He's got sideline to sideline speed. He is he can hit people. He could blitz if you want him to. He can drop back in coverage. This is the kind of player that Dallas needs. And I saw the comparison of he could be the Bobby Wagner to the Cowboys in this sort of Dan Quinn defensive system. I think it's a great point that he can be that sort of Bobby Wagner-esque kind of player for this Cowboys defense. So I, I love the pick. Personally, I yes, was I pissed that we didn't get Sertan or, or Horn? Yes. But at the same time, corner is super deep, and I would expect that Dallas is probably going to get a corner in the second or third round, but uh, it, it's going to have to be sooner rather than later. Otherwise, they're going to have to go and look into free agency and see what else is there. Corner. Yeah, I mean, I think that
0: drafting Micah Parsons, a guy with off-field concerns, it's not as bad as the off-field concerns surrounding Greg Hardy or Alden Smith. Either, the Cowboys have de- have brought in guys with worse. Yep. Uh, track records.
1: Very true. Very very true. And then the biggest argument that I also saw was: Does Dallas really need a linebacker? Well did Dallas need a receiver last year? But Dallas
0: does need a linebacker. They need an inside linebacker. I agree. Now.
1: I so, agree. Some people are saying that they didn't, which I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get that one personally.
0: I I don't either. Uh, let's go a pick earlier and talk about the Chicago Bears.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, Benny is probably having a celebration as we speak.
1: This is a sign that the coach and the GM know that they are on their last years of being in their jobs. If this this doesn't work, that's what this says. Yeah, the coaches, the coach and the GM knows they're done if it doesn't work this year. Because you go out right away and you go and draft trade up, give give a first round pick, a future first round pick to take Justin Fields. Now,
0: a not my problem. First round pick
1: a not my problem. First round pick. Correct. Now, Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. That's what I've been told. Andy Dalton still is in place to be the starter for this football team. But it would, would it surprise anybody if we're seeing Justin Fields come week four, week five, it's like a Mike Glennon with, Mitch Trubisky situation all over again. Yep. Notice Notice how I said Mike Glennon.
0: It's whatever. I don't care anymore. He's not in the league. Don't give a shit. He's He's you have a bonus
1: now or later? He's on the Giants.
0: He's on the Giants?
1: Yep. Bonus. Bonus yourself right now.
0: Whatever. It might... My- Listen, backup quarterback to Daniel
1: Jones, not in the league. How dare you? Watch your mouth. Say say you're sorry to Mike Glennon right now. I'm sorry, Mike
0: Lennon, that so many teams have given you money and you haven't panned out.
1: Hey, let the guy let the guy rock. Anyway, let let, um, let, let just let the guy rock. Come on, we're not we're not going to sit here and and. Blast you and your football team for the way that Zach Wilson fucks. I mean, come on.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean this this trade though. I mean, it's crazy this trade that the Bears made with the Giants. This was this is like this is a not my problem kind of trade. This is like what Mike McCadden did. It's like kind of smaller scale, obviously. Not as but th- this is like. The Mike McAdams just like, well, you know, Todd Bowles is on his is probably on his last legs as a coach, and uh, we need a guy, so we're gonna dra- so we're gonna trade up to draft a quarterback.
1: Yep. And I mean, hey, it's good in the long term if Allen Robinson stays in Chicago. It's good, right? I guess and it's nice that Justin Fields will have at least that opportunity to to learn into things. But Chicago, he, 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 yuck. That's, yes. what, that's what I say to that. Yuck.
0: Cuz i mean, that Chicago team is very mediocre where i mean they they barely made the playoffs last year, but like they still made the they still made the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And, uh, come on Adam. They they made they made the playoffs by an inch. Yeah. They should they shouldn't have been there to begin with. No, they shouldn't have. But you know that Justin
0: Fields, it's gonna be a lot more pressure than uh than the pressure that would probably be on Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Just because the Bears are gonna be trying to compete for the sake of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace because the Jets and the Jaguars just hired new coaches. So it's not like they're going to fire Urban Meyer or, Rob, or Robert Sala. And the Jaguars also hired Trent Baalke as their, as their new GM. So they're not going to fire him either.
1: Yeah, but I, I disagree. I think there's more pressure on Trevor and, and Zach because they're going to be starting right away. Trevor and Zach were picks one and picks two. Whereas Justin Fields now is going to sit presumptively for half of the year. And there isn't as much pressure on him. Whereas, you know, what if Trevor doesn't live up to the hype? What if Zach Wilson doesn't live to the hype and is being booed out of the building by Jets fans come week seven? Uh, Don't you don't you even dare? Don't you even dare say to me that that's not a possibility because you know that it is. We're talking about the Jets. We're talking about the New York Jets and we're talking about their fans here. Do not even tell me that that is not a possibility because you know damn well it is.
0: Oh, no, I do. Listen, a couple days ago, I saw Francisco Lindor booed at Citi Field. So I understand. I understand. Rite of
1: passage is what that is. True. True. But, but, it can be okay for Justin Fields. He just needs... To get away well, maybe, from Matt Nagy. Don't, Matt Nagy, don't I'm just corrupt saying,
0: him, please. I'm just saying maybe my association is, is more pressure. Because there's
1: going to be a ton of pressure on Matt Nagy and Ryan wow. Pace. Well, to be fair, there's always more pressure on being the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, given that that is such a franchise with an illustrious history. And <laughs> I don't even know. Stop being shitty, so
0: facetious. Shitty quarterback play? Oh, I thought you were going to say,
1: when you said illustrious history, I was like, what no, are you talking I mean, about? No, this this is one of the most historic franchises in football. There, there's yes. no doubt about it. No no bullshit, no bullshit intended. This is one of the most historic franchises in football that seemingly cannot figure out how to draft a quarterback, right? Yeah. And maybe they finally got their hands on one. Maybe Justin Field turns out to be the greatest quarterback the Bears have ever seen.
0: Which is not saying too much. I'm kidding.
1: Are you forgetting Jay Cutler?
0: Really? Jay Cutler is the name is your name that you come up with? Yes. Not Jim McMahon.
1: Zach Wilson, the man who fucks, has pictures of Jay Cutler in his bedroom. I hope not. That's his idol. Because Jay Cutler fucks as well. Jay Cutler fucks. Zach Wilson fucks. We all fuck. Uh, All right. So you want you want to talk, you want to talk about the uh, the you want to just give our best pick of the draft and our worst pick of the draft? Sure. What do you want to do? You want to you want to be positive first? Or you want to be negative first? Let's be
0: positive first. All right. Can't do, can't it, I mean, maybe we should make it as somebody who is not hasn't been said. Somebody that hasn't been said and also is probably not a part of our. Oh, I guess that applies. Not a part of the teams that we root for. Fine. I'll go with that. Um, Best pick of the draft for me. Yep. Penny Sewell at number seven mm. to to the Detroit Lions. I mean, this is like, this is amazing for for uh, Detroit getting an offensive tackle like Penny Sewell, who is going to help Jared Goff stay upright. And Jared Goff and whoever the future quarterback of the Detroit Lions is if they draft somebody like Kyle Trask later in the later in the draft. So I, I, I think it's a great pick. I think it's a really, really good pick.
1: I have two. I have two. I'm going to cheat. Uh, Mac Jones to the Patriots. How Mac Jones, they to get the 15 and no oh. one traded up to even get him. I mean, Oh my God, this is like Tom Brady reincarnated all over again.
0: Oh God. I hate Same. It.
1: Same sort of mold, same sort of everything. It's, it, it's literally, it's like carbon copy, Tom Brady. And it oh, helps that God. Bill Belichick is, is taking his boy's boy, Nick Saban.
0: Is it nepotism if they're not even related?
1: It, it might still classify as being as nepotism, yes. So that's one. And then my second one, and I know that there are a lot of people that are going to be shocked when I say this, but Cordarius Tony to the New York Giants. Jake's one of Jake's favorite receivers. I love him as well. I, when I was watching with uh, some Giants fans last night, they were like, who, what, where, why?
0: A lot of Giants no fans were very mad. No idea.
1: Let me talk to the Giants fans right now and let me educate them because clearly they need a little bit of education. Okay, here we go. This dude walks in as your number two receiver. Right away, he's better than Sterling Shepard. He's better than Darius Slayton. I don't want to hear anything about that. Both of them are terrible. If Tony steps in right away, he's your number two receiver. You need to get Daniel Jones the opportunity to prove that he's the guy. Now, the Giants, they wanted Devonta Smith. That was obvious. When Devonta Smith did not get to them, when Dallas traded with the Eagles and the Eagles traded up, took Devonta Smith, Giants were in a predicament. They were able to get an additional first-round pick next year for their troubles to trade back and still got somebody who, in my opinion, can be as good as those top two or three receivers with Chase Waddle smith I think Gredarius Tony has all the pieces to be just as good as those guys. What does he do? He takes the ball. He could take a ball that's thrown five yards and take it 75 yards to the house. That's his skill set. That's what he does. His hand's inconsistent. His route-running tree is a little bit bland, so he'll need to work on that, but that's easy. You can coach coach that up, no problem. But now what you have is you have Cordarius Toney, you have Slayton, you have Shepard, you have Galladay, you have Saquon Barkley coming back. You have the offensive line, which hopefully will be better in year two. This is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. This is what this is. If Daniel Jones cannot get the job done and keep the Giants competitive, he's out. He's out. The dream is dead. Move on from Daniel Jones and the Giants fans will have to go and find someone that remind, someone else that reminds them of Eli Manning. But for the Giants fans, stop complaining for once. For once. Stop complaining. Be happy. They'll, they will never be happy for anything. They are just such insufferable human beings. Be happy. This is a great pick. Great pick. Okay. And you got a first-round pick for your troubles. You have two first-round picks next year. Yeah. Where if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out, and if you're sitting in, like, the top 10, let's outside the top 10 or 10 to 15 range, you could take your first-round pick and the other first-round pick, trade up for a quarterback. Boom. Done. Also, depending on on how bad the Bears are next year. Well, right. If the Bears are terrible... You could, have, you could have two top 10 picks. This is great. This is great. And I, I, oh, the Giants fans get me so worked up. They get me so worked up. I
0: hate them. See, this is how I feel about Yankees fans. Yankees fans are always miserable. And this
1: is how I feel for, about Mets fans. They're finally realizing that 12-year contracts don't work. And they're shocked. It's a oh, month. We gave up so much for Lindor. He was supposed to work. They never
0: work! They never work! It's been a month. It's only been a month.
1: They never work! They never
0: work! I'm not about to say that 12-year contracts don't work after a month.
1: They don't work.
0: Don't you project your your Giancarlo Stanton feelings on, on the Mets. Don't do it.
1: Oh, I was talking more about Alex Rodriguez, but Alex Rodriguez oh. is the greatest Yankee that's ever that's ever lived. So, I don't know the,
0: the greatest Yankee that's ever lived.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent better cannot, than Not tell me otherwise.
0: You Lou Gehrig, Derek Jeter. Ho 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 ho! All Reggie I hear is Jackson. Alex Rodriguez. All I hear is Alex Rodriguez. None of them took steroids.
1: Alex Rodriguez is a great man, family notice
0: man. How you, notice how you didn't deny what I said about him taking steroids. You just said okay. he's a
1: great man. All right, Barry Bonds took steroids. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Next.
0: You know, it's funny. We, we can talk about this later. Off air. Uh, Next. Wh- worst pick in the draft.
1: Oh, my God. This is so easy. I know. Oh, my God. This is so easy. Is it Alex Leatherwood? Oh, I think 100%. He, it's got to be a 100%. He was not even a top 10 tackle for me. And he was taken in the first round fucking hell oh yeah awful awful when Christian Darasaw was there Tevin Jenkins there they take Alex Leatherwood Landon Dickerson there Liam Eikenberg there they take Alex Leatherwood why you want to take someone from Alabama take Landon Dickerson take him I know yeah. Mike Mayock and John Gruden have to have these Alabama-Clemson big schools, but oh, no, no, no.
0: <sighs> yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. No. The Raiders make me tired. I mean, it's just like...
1: its I'm f- tired of being tired because of the yes. Raiders.
0: It, the Raiders do this every year. Fuck every themselves? year they do this. Yes well they go off board that's what they do every year
1: aka fuck themselves right but i mean last year you liked uh, damon arnett didn't you i did i liked damon arnett a lot so it you could go off board doesn't matter you just need to know what you're doing yeah but i mean this this i, I don't know the cowboys went off board when they took jalen smith if that if his knee was fucking destroyed they went off board, took Jalen Smith, and Jalen Smith has been very good.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing about, about that because you kind of brought up something. An inter- another interesting pick of the draft is uh, Caleb Farley because like a year or two – or um, I mean a couple days before the draft, Caleb Farley's like, yeah, no. I had back surgeries when I was at – I just had back surgeries like bo- – uh, within the past year, I'm just gonna go out, be out in front, and say that, and everyone's just like, "Oh, okay." So I think that changed a
1: lot of things. Tennessee got a great pick with him. Great pick. He's a great kid, solid football player, super smart, super quick, great hands. This kid is gonna be a really, really good player at the next level, and Tennessee got themselves a a good one. Uh, it just it. He cost himself some money with the whole back surgery thing. But if he plays as well as I think he's going to, he'll make all that money back and then some.
0: Yeah. Cause I, so I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's the worst pick of the draft quote unquote, because it was a really good, it was a really, really good.
1: Pick Great the value. Defense. Great yeah. value.
0: Great value. Um, I think another uh, worst pick in the draft for me. And I think, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, especially, who were just like, oh, God, why did they do this? Was the Steelers picking Najee Harris? Listen, I had them go. I had them picking Travis Etienne. You win, Adam. Yeah, I had them picking Travis Etienne. But, I mean, just because I thought it was a Steelers thing to do. But if you see the offensive line, the blocking stats for, for Pittsburgh... They were not good. They haven't been good for the past two years as far as run blocking. And, you know, you – all these guys that we already mentioned, um, Dickerson, Eichenberg, uh, whoever. Tevin Jenkins, Darasol. Yeah. Well, Darasol wasn't there because Darasol – Oh, you're talking about guys that were there. Guys that were there. Okay,
1: yeah. Tevin Jenkins, Liam Eikenberg, Um Wyatt Davis even.
0: Yeah. Could though they could have been picked over over Najee Harris. Or, I mean, if you didn't see a guy that you liked, trade back.
1: Yep. Get some picks. Or take Greg Newsom. Right. They haven't need a corner.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you let Greg Newsom go to your division rival, and now the Browns have a fearsome cor- corner tandem. <laughs> corner with tandem. Newsom. How
1: about how about their secondary? Yeah, with uh, with John Denzel Johnson Ward. and um, the other corner. I'm drawing a blank.
0: John Johnson, Denzel Ward. And- Denzel
1: Ward. Thank you. I I, I I don't know. My mind just went numb. This and, is what happens. This is what happens. I've been talking about football for the last five consecutive days.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what what this is. But, yeah. I mean, it it wasn't a great pick.
1: In my mind. No. Nope. I'm, uh, hey, I think when it comes to stylistic approach, Najee Harris was the better pick versus Travis Etienne for what Pittsburgh wants to do. Have a battery ram at running back that's more their their style but adam like you said they just had so many other needs so many other needs and you know the fact that they went and they took naji harris it's like mm, you know mm. but mm. For, for for fantasy i think it's a great great guy to just hopefully invest in late and hope he can yeah. win that job
0: yeah i mean It's good. It's good for fantasy if the Steelers get somebody to block for him.
1: Yep, that's true. That's true. They're going to need. They they need at least to to draft one lineman, maybe two. You know, if they can get a tackle, then an interior lineman, tackle they absolutely need with the departure of Alejandro Villanueva. But if they can get an interior lineman as well got a partner for uh david castro maybe you know they need a center as well with the retirement of uh of Pouncy. you know you, you have an opportunity to replenish the offensive line and they well, need to you, do that
0: well you never know if uh, marquise Pouncy might come back come out of retirement to play for his old coach true he could or mike Pouncy either because they were on the same
1: i was gonna say they they, they both could come out of retirement to play for the Brown coach out in uh, in Jacksonville.
0: Yep. Bold predictions for rounds two through seven, or hopes and dreams. For oh, rounds hopes two and through dreams. seven. Um. How about dream- how about we do this? Make it a bit more fun. Okay. Bold
1: predictions for our own team. Our own teams.
0: I like that. I like that better because I can't make a bold prediction about who the Carolina Panthers are gonna are gonna draft.
1: We can do it for our own team. So you can do a bowl prediction for the Jets. I'll do a bowl prediction for uh, the Cowboys. Just do one each. One each? One each. Keep it simple. Okay. I I can go first if you would like. Go first. Uh, The Cowboys do not take a corner in round two.
0: Okay.
1: I think think that they end up going safety.
0: Mine is that the Jets are not going to take an offensive lineman in round two.
1: They're, oh, wow. That's super bold. They just took one in round one. That is just super bold. Okay, fine.
0: I'll, I'll get bolder. They're going to take Elijah Moore. Woo! Okay. 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 Yes.
1: Another receiver. Another receiver. Woo! Okay. Okay. Is that under the assumption that Jameson Crowder will be a post-June 1st cut? Probably. It seems that way. Okay.
0: All right, interesting as much as I love as much as I love Jameson Crowder. I mean, you'll, Elijah
1: Moore would be would make would do wonders for this team. You'll see you'll see Jameson Crowder ending up in uh, Carolina soon enough. Oh my god. Literally. The Carolina the Car- Jets.
0: The Carolina Jets.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's a team you really want to be building your foundation on, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, at least with the at least with the Rangers, you know, the Rangers had success and Exactly. What are the Jets Deli- at? Yeah, we're gonna. That would be like if we, if the lightning were like, we're gonna model our team with former Buffalo Sabers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh well. Hopefully, everyone enjoys uh, the rest of the NFL draft, and we'll be uh, we'll be back with you on uh, on Monday to recap everything and talk some winners and losers. And then next week, we're gonna do a mock draft. Love mock drafts, especially we're, n- we're gonna now do mock. it's real. Yep, this is yeah. it's it's go time now. It, it when this draft is over after the weekend, it's full steam ahead. I mean, this is like these are all basically dress rehearsals at this point. Yep, yep. everything we talked about up to this point was just kind of you know what ifs and and you know hypotheticals, but we get an idea of the draft, the depth charts, and everything like that. Who's going to be competing for what spots? this is real now. We're we're getting close to uh, really being full steam ahead with uh with fantasy. So And then Aaron yeah. Rodgers
0: gets traded and everything gets through and then, then Aaron
1: Rodgers gets traded and we are just fully back at square one. Yep. But hopefully uh you know like I said hopefully everyone uh definitely enjoys uh enjoys the draft because it is uh it is the best weekend of the year for any uh any football fan like Adam and myself.
0: Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us, subscribe, wherever your platform allows you to do, to be updated whenever we release new episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show and everything else under the Basement Talk Podcast Family Podcast. So from my co-host, Ed Burtzall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show.
1: Bye-bye.